lesson comes from the Gospel according to Mark, the 8th chapter, verses 27 through 38. Jesus and his disciples went into the village, villages near Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They told him, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, And what about you? Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ. Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then Jesus began to teach his disciples. The human one must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the legal experts, and be killed, and then after three days rise from the dead. He said this plainly. But Peter took hold of Jesus, and scolding him began to correct him. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, then sternly corrected Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. After calling the crowd together with his disciples, Jesus said to them, All who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me and because of the good news will save them. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? What will people give in exchange for their lives? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this unfaithful and sinful generation, the human one will be ashamed of that person when he comes in the Father's glory with the holy angels. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus, in, his pa in this passage this morning, is asking a really key question. And it is probably the most important question that any one of us will ever answer. Who do you say that Jesus is? He asks the disciples first, who do people say that I am? And the disciples say to him, well... You know, so, some are saying that you're, you're Moses or Elijah, maybe John the Baptist come back from the dead. You know, but, but folks are talking about Jesus. But then Jesus asks that key question. Who do you say that I am? The disciples have left everything to follow Jesus. They've given up careers good jobs, families, all to follow Jesus. And Jesus wants to know, who do you say that I am? Who have you given up everything for? And Peter, because Peter is always the first one to open up his mouth, finally comes up with the right answer. You are the Christ. You're the Messiah. Peter gets the title right, but then shows that he has absolutely no understanding of what that means. Jesus goes on and explains that, that he is, the, yes, he's the Messiah, he is the Christ, he is the one sent. But he's not the Messiah that they thought they were getting. See, Israel, for centuries, had been longing for a Messiah. 
They had been longing for God to send a righteous ruler who would overthrow whatever the ruling group of the time was, first the Persians, then the, the Greeks, and now in Jesus' day, the Romans, and would establish Israel as their own sovereign nation with a king who would rule justly. The expectation was that it was going to be a political thing, that the Messiah was there to be a political, earthly ruler, and that's it. That's not why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to be Lord of Israel. He didn't come to be a Lord on earth. He didn't come to be king of a country. He came to be king of our hearts. And so he tells the disciples that he's going to be arrested, betrayed, sentenced to death, and executed on a cross. Well, this runs contrary to everything that the disciples have been raised to expect about the Messiah. In Peter's defense, everything Peter had ever been taught was about the Messiah being an <coughs> earthly king. So Jesus is introducing a, a fairly radical notion. And Peter says, uh-uh. We're not going to do this. No, Lord, it's Jesus, it's not happening. You're not going to die. We're, we're not, we're not going to let anything happen to you. Don't worry about, don't worry about yourself. You got 12 of us big, strong men. We're, we're going to take care of you. We'll protect you. And Jesus answers in the harshest possible terms. Get behind me, Satan. Because there's the temptation. There's a temptation for Jesus to be that earthly king, to let the disciples protect him, not to have to go to the cross. And we know Jesus wrestled with this temptation because this is what happens in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before Jesus is arrested. Jesus prays to God, if there is any other way to accomplish your purpose, let's do something different. But not my will, but yours. So this is the temptation for Jesus. And Jesus tells Peter, you got it all wrong. I know you're trying to help, but you got it all wrong. You, you got to get out of my way. We can't do it that way. It's not going to work. That's not why I'm here. Jesus came to give his life on our behalf. Jesus gave up his heavenly throne. He gave up any claim to an earthly throne to die on our behalf. And Jesus tells them, he asks them another question, which is probably the second most important question. The first most important question that you can ask yourself is, who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus for you? The second most important question is, are you going to gain the world and lose your soul? We get so caught up in the stuff of this world. And the stuff of this world is, in fact, mostly just that stuff. We, we, have, it, we, we, have, we have so much stuff that we don't know what to do with it all. We have stuff in our garages, in our attics. We've got some, we, we have so much stuff that we have whole businesses 
that are, their whole purpose is to store our excess stuff. But why are we carrying around all of this stuff? Why are we so worried about our material things? When our true home is with Jesus. There's a great story about a businessman who dies. And Peter tells him, all right, tell you what, because you, you were such a prominent businessman on earth, I'm going to let you bring him one briefcase with whatever you want to bring. I'm going to let you bring one briefcase into heaven. The man gets up there, he gets to, to Peter at the pearly gates, and says, okay, what, what's in the, Peter says, what's in the briefcase? The man opens up the briefcase, it's full of gold bars. Peter looks at the briefcase and says, you brought pavement? All the stuff that we think is so important down here is not going to be worth anything. It's not going to mean anything when we get up there, when we get to be with God. So why, why, why do we put things first in our lives and risk losing our souls? We chase after money. Sometimes we chase after our families. We may chase after our friends and do what they do. All instead of chasing after Jesus. So this morning, I want to leave you with two questions. <coughs> Bless you. Who, does who do you say Jesus is? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he who he claims to be? And is he Lord over your life? And second, is what are you going to do about it? Are you going to put him first? Or are you going to cling to the stuff of this world and lose your soul? May Jesus be Lord of our hearts, Lord of our lives, as he is Lord of the universe. And may we put him first in our lives and let everything else in our lives flow from that. That he might rule in our hearts forever. Amen.